by finances, investing, estate, and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances And with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances And. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. Happy birthday, Jennifer. Thank you. (laughs) What fun things do you have planned? My husband and I are going out to dinner to celebrate at a new restaurant that was recommended. So that would be nice. That is nice. Yeah. And we want to give a shout out to Patrick for this topic idea on foreclosures and short sales. So thank you very much. Yes. So buying a home is complicated enough. And we go over that in episode 24. But how do foreclosure purchases work? Essentially, you're buying a home that someone else was not able to make their mortgage payments on. And because of that, the lender has taken the property back so they can make up some of the costs. You know, lenders don't want to own property. They make their money by collecting interest on the loan that a buyer takes out from them. And in 2008, during the real estate crisis, foreclosures were, quote unquote, everywhere. But there really still is one in 13,000 foreclosures going on for every home purchase. And in fact, Delaware, South Carolina and Maine have the highest rates of foreclosures. And as tough as foreclosures are for the homeowner, a buyer can actually make a really great deal on them. It's not uncommon for a home to sell at 15% below asking price. Some examples of that might be a $7,500 savings on a $50,000 home and a $75,000 savings on a $500,000 home. You know, again, banks and lenders do not want to take back property. That's not how they make their money. And it's a big headache for them to try and have to sell it. They don't want to be in the homeowner business. What they want to do is lend out money. But if you miss too many payments, you're going to default on the loan. Now, it's very rare to default after missing only one payment. And in fact, if you find yourself missing payments, it is really important to contact the bank immediately because they want to make alternate payment plans for you. So if you find yourself unable to pay, be sure and contact them as soon as you can. And that's another great reason not to buy at the top of your price range. But if they can't come up with the money to pay what they owe, the lender issues a default notice via certified mail to the homeowner. This is the beginning of the formal process, and it will state typically that they have 90 days to pay what is owed. Again, that 90-day window can come up quickly, so you want to let them know so that they can start making arrangements to work with you instead of trying to get you out of your house. If you are interested in purchasing foreclosed properties, though, you can find them by searching for foreclosures, REOs, or even bank-owned properties. You will probably need to enlist a real estate agent to find these. And the real caveat for these is that they are sold as is, which means no matter what is wrong with that property, there's no negotiating room on that price. So what you save in the purchase price could be spent trying to renovate or bring up to code the property you're buying. But that does mean that if you're able to renovate it, then you're going to be able to get it just the way you want it, which is a positive. So another thing you might want to consider, though, with buying foreclosed properties is you might be in competition with house flippers or other investors. They might, you know, they might be able to offer cash. So there could be some real competition for these types of properties. It just kind of depends on where you are in your market at the time. Eric Workman of Renovation Financial suggests really considering the following things, though, if you're going to purchase a foreclosed property. Research how long it's been vacant. Has it sat through a freeze and thaw cycle? If there's significant structural damage, you're not going to be able to get a conventional loan on the property for a mortgage. Hire a home inspector. Well, always hire a home inspector, regardless of if it's a foreclosure or not. Yes, always do this. But this way you can decide if the needed repairs will be too expensive for your budget. 
If you add loan and inspection contingencies to your offer and then you can't get the financing due to the home's condition, you won't lose your deposit called earnest money. So you can get that back after you go through a bit of the process. Also, make sure you get a title search done so that even if the bank owns the home, there may still be liens, which is the right to keep the property due to money being owed against the property. If the property is already listed as cash only, expect a lot of repairs because it's more than likely there is not going to be a loan that this property qualifies for. This may be because of the structural issues, like we mentioned earlier, which could be a leaking basement, or it could even be due to building code violations, like a deck. A home I purchased, the deck was actually not up to code. So we either had to, not on a foreclosed property, but we had to either have the people selling it fix the deck for us, or we ask them to take the price off to fix the deck to bring it up to code because that's the time that they catch those things. If, if you've built something odd or stuck an addition on, which is not up to the building codes in your area, that's when they're going to catch you for it. And in these foreclosed properties, you're not going to be able to say to them, hey, fix this deck you will be having to fix the deck. It doesn't mean that you can't inspect the property, but always be exceptionally wary if for some reason they say you cannot inspect the property. Some owners will have failed to pay the taxes on the property as well if they struggle with the mortgage payments. And this means that the new owner could owe the back taxes and at minimum complicate the sale. You can imagine that this type of property may need maintenance, plumbing, roofing, electrical work. These are all expensive items, or at least they can be, especially if you need to get all of them done. So buyer beware and make sure that you know exactly what needs to happen to this property that you're purchasing. Another common problem is missing items. A home that the owner loses can create an angry tenant. If the property has been vacant a while, then there's the possibility that thieves could have come in as well and taken items. And this can include things like cabinets, plumbing fixtures, pipes, and even appliances can walk away with an angry homeowner. I had a neighbor that lost their property and the appliances did leave, although they were supposed to be there when the uh, property was sold. Mm, yeah. Short sales are similar. So switching from foreclosures to short sales, when a homeowner sales their property for less than what they owe, this is when one owner sells to another owner and that sale price is going to go to the lender. And at this point, the lender can either forgive the difference or charge all or part of that balance. In some states, the difference has to be forgiven. So for example, if you are buying a $100,000 home, and the seller is selling it, but owns still $125,000 on the mortgage, the lender will take your $100,000 and then the lender will decide if they're going to charge the $25,000 to the current owner, or if they're going to charge a portion of that, or if they're just going to waive it all together just to keep this moving. The mortgage lender still has to approve the short sale, but it's a way for the lender to get back money without foreclosing and allowing the owner a better option than the financial burden of a foreclosure. The lender approves the sale and then a huge paperwork trail begins, but this option keeps the owner's credit rating more intact than outright foreclosure. It is still going to leave a mark on your credit and it literally says not paid is agreed and it will lower your credit score but it is better than not paying it and having to go through foreclosure like Jennifer just said. You're going to need to know that there are actually two parts to any mortgage. One is the promise to repay the lender and a lien against the property to secure the loan. The lien is what is waived if a borrower can't repay the loan and it's waived in this short sale. 
What's not waived is the promise to repay. This is what a lender can still enforce and the lender can decide whether or not to allow it. Before you go to the short sale option, contact your lender, see what loan modifications they may be willing to offer to keep you in the home and not put them through the hassle of short sale or foreclosure. Another option is if you had to buy PMI, private mortgage insurance, because you purchased the home for less than 20% down on that original purchase, and the PMI company believes that you do have a chance at keeping the home, they may very well advance you money to bring your balance up to date because it's in their best interest also to have you continue to pay them your PMI insurance. However, they're going to need proof that you can overcome this current setback and you will also need to repay them the amount that they advanced you. Getting a short sale will include you convincing them that you should be considered for a short sale. Explain your situation and speak with someone in their loss mitigation department, not just the representative who answered the phone. If you're told no, then just call back another day and try again. It's really worth the time to avoid foreclosure. Yeah, because people who are just answering, they really don't have the authority. It might be what's in their script of what they're supposed to say, but you want to kind of get past them and talk to somebody who has the ability to tell you yes or no to that. Make sure that you also have consulted a tax professional because the money that you do not repay a lender, that is the difference between what it was sold and what you owed, is actually taxed as income to you. Because if you owed $125,000 in my last example, $125,000 and only repaid $100,000 of it, the IRS says, wow, you just made a $25,000 profit. So you just have to be careful with that. That's why you want to talk to a tax professional. You also want to contact an attorney. We'll talk more about that a little bit later here. And a real estate agent. They will cost you. And again, finances is probably a problem at this time. But doing all of this will help you have a successful short sale and not have to go to a foreclosure. The real estate agent is going to be able to help you set a realistic price to get back money and be able to consult with the lender as well as, as, a, as a professional there and help you work Work with the lender as well. You'll need to document your financial hardship. So collect bank statements, medical bills, pay stubs, or termination notice, and even a divorce degree because you need to prove why they should allow the short sale. Then once a buyer has offered their purchase price, you'll need to submit it to the bank. And this is where you need to convince them that it is the best deal for you. But be aware, they don't have to accept it. And all the data you've just provided them could be used against you if it goes to a foreclosure instead. And this is why you need your own attorney when you're talking to them about a short sale. All right. So enough about going through foreclosures or short sales. What if you're looking to buy a foreclosure or short sale? Why don't more people talk about looking for and buying homes that have been foreclosed on? Well, there's a lot of time required to buy a short sale or foreclosure property. It's not going to happen quickly, but you can use realtors who specialize in these sales and hold a short sale and foreclosure resource certification or an SFR. A lender is going to need to approve your short sale package that the current homeowner is offering. Then they're going to have to accept your offer and your earnest money to hold the property for you. The bank or lender will then take weeks to possibly months to review this offer. So the seller accepting your offer is really only half the battle. And that's part of the problem with buying these homes. You might very well want it for flipping it for yourself, in which case the timeline isn't as important. But if you're looking to buy one of these homes to move into, that might be a problem for you that that months could go by. Like a foreclosure, though, there will be very little wiggle room for negotiating, if at all, on the price. 
Going through a short sale or foreclosure on your own home is traumatic. Be sure and do all you can, including not opening your max and becoming house poor because one small setback can be devastating. But the benefits of buying a foreclosure or a short sale can be quite rewarding. Anything else? That's all. Thanks for listening to Finances and Foreclosures and Short Sale. We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free with your podcast provider. And please share your favorite episodes with a friend. Finally, consider leaving a review because it brings financial education to others and helps people find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered or any topic ideas like Patrick did that you would like us to cover by going to our website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can find our infographics right here and on our website. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to.